Welcome to the August 2nd evening sermon from the Revival at Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road at Amherst. This sermon was delivered by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Well, let me tell you what, guys, I want you to know, and I'm very, very grateful tonight as I made my way saying hellos and, 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 and grateful to see you tonight that every, everybody was saying, Jeffrey, I've come expecting. You know what's coming. Tonight I pray, pray and pray and pray as I ask this question. It comes from the depths of your heart. Tonight, as you come before God, did you come expecting God to move in your life? Three people. Okay, let's go home. Tonight, did you come expecting God to move in your life? Amen. Okay, now we can begin church. Now we can begin revival. Because I believe that's what it takes. Tonight it requires you and I to be ready and willing for revival to take place in me, in us. It's amazing how sermon ideas come. And I want to tell you tonight how this revival sermon came along or came to my mind. As it took us in the middle of July or July of all months. Um, and into the middle, uh, end of June, I should say, we are out deciding to redo our landscaping out in front of our house. And so in the middle of the hottest part of the year, great thought, Jeffrey, we decide to pull up mulch and to pull up flowers and to redo landscaping. And with the, with the return and we're planting new plants and just doing that, we decided to go back with rock. Now, here's Jeffrey's logic behind that. We go back with rock because Jeffrey says, I never want to deal with mulch again. I'm 40 years old. I'm tired of shoveling mulch. I'm going with something that I never have to touch again. That was my mindset. But as we planted those precious flowers from Saunders Brothers, you're welcome, Jim. Uh, and we put these heavy rocks down Jeffrey didn't plan on that I was going to, I couldn't just take the tractor and dump them because it would damage the plant. So me and my family, Terry and the boys, rock by rock, we touched, literally, we touched every rock. In doing so, I thought that I was going to pick up or I was going to deal with something that I never would have to touch again. And God taught me a lesson. You're going to have to touch every rock. But tonight, out of that sprang this message that I believe that God wants to touch every heart of stone. And tonight, I don't care if you come to church or you sit in church every week. There are people whose hearts are just like this. And tonight I want you to know that there is a God that wants to change that heart. That wants to touch that heart of stone. And wants to move in your life. In such a way to make you an instrument in His work. You've heard it said before that God does not want pew potatoes. And that's true. And so what my prayer is through this sermon tonight. Is God would stir up the hearts of Clifford Baptist Church. And every church that's represented here. And everyone that's listening live stream. That God would stir our hearts. That a movement would take place. From this place into the world. To reach people for Jesus. As we think about stones in the Bible. 
My mind went quickly to the stone that David selected that would sink deep into the forehead of Goliath. Everybody knows that story. We love that story of the stone. Because our hero David, our hero God, defeated Goliath. We are reminded that Satan tempting Jesus said, If you are the Son of God, command the stones to become bread. We're told that if we keep silent and we don't praise God, that the very stones will cry out. Revelation chapter 21 speaks of a great city in which the foundation of the wall that surrounds that city is made of precious stones. Stoning in biblical time was a a form of crap. Uh, excuse me, capital punishment, that the accusers or the peers would bring forth a person and they would sit that person down and there would be the accuser to cast the first stone. You remember the woman who was caught in adultery by the religious leaders. And Jesus offers those that are standing there, he who is without sin, you cast the first stone. And what do they do? They disappeared. We're brought to Acts chapter 7. We think of a man named Stephen who for his faith was brought before a group. And at the feet of Saul laid the garments of those who would stone him to death. The greatest missionary that the world has ever known was witness and participant of stoning somebody. And so tonight, I want you to know that stones are a part of our life, whether they're Bible stories or whether you hold them dear to your heart. But tonight, I want you to go to the Old, book, Old Testament book of Ezekiel chapter 36 as we look to God's Word. I would like to say, I don't know about your kids, but my boys love for some reason to throw rocks. Do they do that? Is that just my kids? Okay, I just want you to know. But listen, guys, as we think about that and as you're turning there, I want to explain a little bit of background here. God's people, the Israelites throughout the Bible, we understand and we know and we read of God's love for His people. Yet the choice to continue in disobedience And sin and idolatry carries on in their life. And God cries out to them and God rescues them. And you know, after he does that, they want a king. Give us a king. So God gives them a king. And before too long, guess what they do? They disobey and they fall away. And God allows them to be scattered. He allows them to be scattered. He allows them to be defeated, captured, taken into slavery and into captivity. And then God, being the loving God that He is, He sends people to His chosen country, His chosen nation, the Jewish people. He sends people like Moses and Joshua and Caleb and Deborah and David and Solomon to try to lead them back to God. He sends Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel 
and others to try to warn them that they're doing wrong. And then there's Ezekiel, who in chapter number 3 tells us that he is hard-headed. God would make him hard-headed because the people are hard-hearted. And God would use Ezekiel to deliver a message of judgment, of warning, that God is about to shake up your world yet again. Tonight, I want you to hear the call from Ezekiel that one day, one day in the future, that Israel will return to God. As we read this scripture tonight, here's what I want you to do. I want you to see this as a call to return to God today. Not one day in the future, tonight. And the title of this message is, God can't fix what he doesn't get. There are many of you that are praying for God to fix what's going on in your life, but you have yet to give Him your heart that is made of stone. And because you won't give Him your heart, and you won't submit to Him, God puts you through the ringer of judgment, of test. Babylon would come for the Israelites, and would come in such a way to conquer and divide the nation of God's people. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Says keep thy heart with all diligence. Because out of it are the issues of life. Tonight. 600 years before Christ. My prayer is the message from Ezekiel. Speaks to us. Ezekiel chapter number 36, if you will, verses 20 through, 22 through 28, excuse me. Ezekiel 36, verse number 22 is where we're going to start. Here's what it says. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen, whether ye went, and I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. For I will take from you among the heathen and gather you out of all the countries and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I give you, I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. The first part of verse number 20, 29 says, I will also save you from all your uncleannesses. We pray God's blessing upon the reading of his word tonight. Ezekiel's message to Israel is this. Very simple, very plainly, 
God is going to capture you. That's the first 24 chapters of Ezekiel. But this is the message of restoration. God will one day bring you back to himself. God's going to rescue you one day. You will return to your land. And it's a word that they needed to hear. It was a word of warning at first. And now that word of warning has become a word of welcome. One day you will be back in your land. And so tonight, I pray that this is a call to return to be the church. Tonight, I pray that this is a call for you and I as God's chosen people to stand up and be who God wants us to be. There are five points tonight out of the message of what we need to do. Look at verse number 22. Therefore, say unto the house of Israel... Thus saith the Lord God, I do, not this, I do not this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither ye went. Time and time again, God has forgiven Israel. And I look and I see my life there. As I lay before him, some of you knew me when I was young and some of you know me when I... But time and time again, I want you to know that God has forgiven me. Anybody grateful for the forgiveness of God tonight? Amen. Point number one tonight that God needs us to return to or that we need to be careful with or the reason why we need to come back to God. Point number one is for His name's sake for his name's sake psalm 106 8 says this nevertheless he saved them for his name's sake that he might make his mighty power to be known many of you know the story of the old testament israel they were backed up against the red sea literally their backs against the sea and hard-hearted pharaoh was out to get them. He realized he messed up by letting them go free. And so now he was out to kill. He was out to free them. Psalm 106 speaks to this. That God parted that Red Sea for no other reason but to show who He is. To show who He is to His people. Tonight I believe that God needs to show some of you who he truly is. And sometimes he puts your back to an obstacle where you know that you can't get out. And there's only one way that you can get out, and that is to hit your knees before God. And to say, God, you are the only way. You are the only way that this can be figured out. How have the people in Israel profaned the name of God? Here's how they did. They profaned him because they disobeyed. They worshipped other idols instead of God. And because they were captured, listen to this, because they were captured, they were made fun of. They were made fun of in verse number 20. Your God doesn't protect you. Your God doesn't protect you. As they were taken into captivity, your God allows this to happen. And the Israelites accepted it. Tonight, the call to return to God. 
Listen to me. There are some people for the past one and a half years that have abandoned God. There are churches for the past year and a half that have abandoned God. We close off our doors, we shut them out, and we say, no, you can't come back. And then our world, our Christians, have just fell into the world. They're going to the lake on Sunday now. They're doing what they want to do on Sunday now. And Christian people, their hearts have grown just like this stone. Because they forgot about the name of God. They forgot who He was and what He's done. And so they've left God. It's amazing to me the things that God will use to pull you away. Let me rephrase that. The things that God will allow to be used that you are pulled away. I think of the powerful name of God. And how we have forgotten that that name is good. And that name that has been sacrificed. And that name has saved many people. But yet there are many people that are calling on the gods of their jobs. And their homes. And their families. And don't get me wrong here. And their kids. And those gods. Have led their life. And replaced Christ. Tonight, if I ask you how important the name of Christ is to you, without a resounding uh, answer would be, it's very important, important to me. He's number one. But is that true here? Is that true in the heart of every one of us tonight? Tonight, it's about Him. It's not about you. Thank you, Brother Chris, for standing here and saying that. It's not about me. It's about him. And so tonight, I want you to know, you don't come here for your comfort, for your enjoyment, for your pleasure. You come to church because you're here to worship the name of Christ and Christ alone. If you come for any other reason, do not come. What in the world did the preacher just say? In my time as youth minister, there has been only one child that I told, do not come back. And that child was so disobedient, he was causing just a vast amount of trouble. Tonight, I say those words of don't come because I believe Christians are coming with the wrong name and the wrong reason in mind it's not about me it's all about him and Israel forgot that tonight have you have you forgot that it's all about the name it's for his name's sake that we are here point number two look at verses 23 and 24 
And I will sanctify my great name which was profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all the countries, and I will bring you into your own land. Point number two is the people of God need to return because they are set apart. They are sanctified. Why in the world did he want, want Israel to come back? Why tonight does he want you to come back to him? Because he wants to be sanctified in two areas of your life. Now sanctified means to be set apart for the use of God, for the holiness of God. And so tonight God's, God wants to be sanctified in two ways. The first way that God wants to be sanctified is in verse number 23. He says at the very beginning, and I will sanctify my great name. Do you see that? One way or another, God's name will live on and will last. But God's name, God wants his name to come through our lips and our mouths. He wants, as Brother Derek said, he wants our praise to be on our lips all the time. Because we lift up his name. I want my name to be sanctified. Guys, I look at my life. Whether it's here, whether it's in the working world, whether it's with my family, whether it's with friends. And I've got to be careful that I set apart Jesus' name. That I use it in the correct and the right way. That I use it to lift him up. And to steer others to Him. We put too many words after the name of God in our vocabulary. That don't belong there. Christian people do that. You're not sanctifying the name of God. The end of verse number 23 says this. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Do you see that? The other way that God wants to be sanctified tonight is this. He wants to be sanctified in you. He wants to be set apart in your life. And when God is set apart in your life, He sets you apart from everything else. God changed my language. God changed my walk. God changed my friends. God changed my attitude when I fell down before Him and said, God, I submit to you. Tonight, what do you need to set apart in your life that gives God glory and honor? Don't tell me that what you're watching or that people aren't watching you. Don't tell me that it doesn't matter what you say or where you go or what you do. Because people are watching you. People know that you belong to Jesus. People know that you come to Clifford Baptist Church. People know that you're a deacon or that you're a Sunday school teacher or that you're a leader. People know who you are. And because of that, he wants to be set apart. Tonight, God wants a seat at the table of your heart. He doesn't want a sideshow, he doesn't want a back row seat. 
He wants to be head of the table of your heart. If you come to my house, guess what? I sit at the end. Don't take my seat. You can have my seat in church. Don't take my seat at the house, right? What about our hearts tonight? Does God have that head seat in your heart that is sanctified and that is set apart for Him to lead your life that will lead others to Him? Israel never done that. Point number three tonight is this. That we need to be cleansed. Look at verse 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. So tonight, most of the time I talk to teenagers. I talk to people say, yeah, I'm ready to accept God. I'm ready to do this. Okay, it's ready. It's time for you to come and admit that you're dirty. Admit that you're a sinner. And that's when I see the break slide, right? What's the dirtiest you've ever been in your life? Physically. Pastor Clyde used this scenario last night when he's out cutting grass. Some of you have been in the hayfield. How many of you have worked at the foundry down in Lynchburg? Anybody in here? Some of y'all had to take showers before you left, right? Before you got in the car. I understand what dirty is. And when I'm dirty, the first place that I want to run is that shower. To be cleansed. To feel better. How come we're, we're willing to run to the shower, but in our spiritual life, we will not run to God? We will not run to God. We'll make ourselves look better because we'll put on a tie and we'll put on a coat and we'll make it look better, but down deep, down deep, we're still dirty. We'll cover it up, we'll act like we're not dirty. We'll show up to places where dirty people are welcomed. Yet we still push God away. The call tonight is this. God calls His people to return to Him. And as they return, that they will be cleansed and they will sprinkle, be sprinkled with clean water. In order, to, in order for God to fix you, you've got to be willing to return to Him. And you've got to be willing to be set apart. But the biggest step is this, is that you've got to be willing to be cleansed. You've got to be willing to be forgiven of everything that you've done. But here's where I want you to focus tonight. Look again at verse number 25 at the very end of it. And you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Here's what God says. If you come to me, I will clean you. It doesn't matter what dirtied you up. It doesn't matter what idol. It doesn't matter what happened. God said, if you come to me, I will be the one that washed you clean. Tonight, no matter how much you've disobeyed, 
Not, no matter how much you blaspheme the name of God, God says, I want to clean you up. No matter what you've done or what you've been through or what you've bowed to, God says, Israel, I want to clean you up. You left me, but I love you. Tonight, I believe we are beginning to see here in Ezekiel the grace of, of God, the unmerited, undeserved favor poured upon His people yet again. And through the New Testament, we see that in Jesus Christ. One of the greatest cleansings never involved water. As I read in the New Testament, as Jesus hung on a cross, there were two thieves beside Him. And one thief simply, simply said, remember me. Remember me. And from that cross, Jesus Christ echoed the words, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. In just a little while, we're going to experience a physical death, but today we will be in eternity together. Friends, it takes a cleansing. It takes us falling down before God and saying, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. One of the people that knows my deepest, darkest secrets is my mom and my wife. Two of them are here tonight. And though they can remember the bad things that I've done, praise God tonight that Jesus Christ said they've all been cleansed. I'm not standing before you as perfect. I'll fall before God every single day and say, God, cleanse me. But here's what Scripture assures us in 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hebrews 8, 12, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. The call tonight is to return to God. I laughed at the song Chain Breaker and I scribbled the words down here. You, you've run to things that you know that just ain't right. We just sang about that. Boom. Guilty. Israel was guilty. And God says, come and be cleansed. Come and be cleansed. Point number four tonight. Look at verse 26 and 27. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments, and do them. As we focus on that return of giving God something that He can work with, that He can fix... God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to perform a transplant. I want to perform a transplant in every life, in every heart. I want to take that heart that is of stone. And I want to take that stone and I want to take it out. And I want to put a heart of flesh in there. A heart that beats for me. A heart that loves me. A heart that's focused on me. 
I want to remove the stone that is in your life. And I want to fix you. Growing up on a farm. Now having just 20 acres of my own. I hate these things. They're in my garden. They're in the pasture. They grow. I hate these things. Seems like I send the boys out to make a big pile. We dump them out and another pile is time to go. God wants to transplant. Tonight, God wants to perform a transplant. Maybe you came in these doors expecting to hear something, Pastor Jeffrey, good music. But tonight, I want you to hear the truth of God. God wants to transplant that part of your heart, that stone. Well, Pastor Jeffrey, what does that look like? Tonight, is there anybody here that's angry? Maybe you're angry at God for something He did or for something that He didn't do that you're blaming Him for. Tonight, this, this, this is your heart. Maybe tonight you're diso- disobeyed Him or you're greedy. Or you just don't understand that, that you're far from Him. Tonight, this is your heart. And here's what God wants to do. God wants to change this stony heart that is within you. And replace it with a heart that beats for Him. Here's the beauty of the stone. Nothing in this world will get rid of it. You can pour water on it and it does nothing. You can take a hammer and beat it. And it may break it to pieces, but it doesn't change it. Tonight, there might be a woman or a man in your life that has promised you love and to love you so much that you, don't under, that, that you will never know. A woman or a man cannot change this heart. The only thing that can change a hard heart or a stony heart is Jesus Christ alone. Tonight, is there anybody here that needs a new heart? And a new spirit. God says not only will I change your heart that is calloused or hurt or angry or mad at God. But I'm going to put my spirit within you. I'm going to live within you and I'm going to walk with you every single step of the way. You're going to be my residence. And you're going to do what I ask you to do. Point number five tonight. Look at the last verse, number 28. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. Tonight it's about relationship. Not ritual. Not religion. God wants to live in and through you. God wants you to be His people, and He wants to be your God. It's time for Christians, it's time for Clifford Baptist Church to take ownership of God, to claim God, to work for God, to depend on God, and to live for God. It's time for us to do that, not in the four walls of the church, but in the world. Tonight, 
as we think about an invitation time. I want to be strong and clear with this invitation. Tonight there are some of you that are seeking revival. And the only way that revival can happen is when revival begins in your heart. Once revival begins in the heart, it can go to the land. How many of you think that our world needs revival? Now my question is this, how many of us are willing to take it to them? Tonight, how many will take a heart of stone? Part of your life, part of your heart that's become hard. And very simply, come before God and lay it down. Don't take it back out of these doors with you. God wants to change somebody and it starts there. It starts right here. And so the invitation is very strong and very clear tonight. If you have something in your life that you're upset or you're angry or you don't understand or you're mad or you're hard against God, God says, I want that. I want to take that hard spot and I want to remove it from your life. And I want to put a new heart in there. And I want to come in and I want to walk with you. And I want to lead you. I want to lead your thoughts. I want to lead your words. I want to lead your praise. I want to lead your actions in the world. Tonight, my prayer is this. Is that this altar is filled with people from Clifford Baptist Church. That simply say, I need a transplant. Take the part of doubt away from me, God. Because I give it to you. Tonight, is there somebody that has never made the decision to come to God? To accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. To allow Jesus into their life and to change their heart and to give Him everything. Tonight, I put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off. And in a revival service when I was, when I was 12 years old, excuse me, I heard that call and I, I, I let it go. In 13, I heard the call and let it go. In 14, I heard the call and let it go. At 15 years old, I responded. And it's not been perfect ever since, but God changed me. And tonight, I want you to know that Christ can change your life through His precious blood on a cross. Tonight, He can cleanse you from all your sin and all your unrighteousness. Church tonight, I pray we as a people will come before God, will come before God and say, I am yours. You are mine. Use me outside of these doors. Tonight in this moment of invitation, I'm going to ask Pastor Tom to come. As we give him just a few moments. And here is the strong part of the invitation. If you feel the Holy Spirit leading you, I want you to come. Don't put it off for years like I did. Don't wait. God wants to use you tonight. 
And so in a, in, a, in a moment of invitation, I want you to come if you need Christ. But just because you walk down this aisle doesn't mean that you're the worst sinner ever. Here's what it means. I want you to use me, Jesus. I want you to fix me, Jesus. I want you to cleanse me, Jesus. I want you to set me apart, Jesus. Tonight, who will come before God and God alone and simply say, use me? Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.